Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. of you wondering what does John Silk look like after two hours sleep well now you have your answer um and yet I feel strangely alive but if I do become delirious at some point and start predicting Andy Murray to win Wimbledon and Stan Vibrinka to win the French Open then maybe you'll understand why um we'll get to fading lights uh later on we have got a match that's still in progress, and I know the title of this video, and you will be familiar with most of our episodes, I think, since the French Open last ball drops would normally indicate that. Too um, much is going on, by the way. What You're so disrespectful oh, yeah. to Rinki, Hijikata, and the other large Oh, they're, they're still going, are they, Struff and Hijikata? Yeah. Uh, so they're into a fifth, are they? Yeah, and Rinki is leading 4-2. Oh, Struffy. Oh, well, um, so a couple of matches still going on. Not normally the case, but this is Australia, so everything is abnormal. Uh, do make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We'll keep you up to date with the with the matches that are still going on um, throughout this episode. But this is more of a reflection. Let's begin with the women and let's begin with the match that I've just uh, watched. Uh, Garcia Osaka. Actually, it kind of did go the way I thought, not just in terms of 
uh, Garcia winning it, but maybe still some signs of rust uh, from Osaka. It might be a few weeks or even longer before we see her up to full speed. And it has been two and a half years since we've seen her at full speed as well, Damien. So what was your thoughts on, on that match? Yeah, it's a lesson to me not to rely on what, what others are saying. Because in Brisbane, I barely watched Osaka. Like, it was just a few games. But everyone was like, oh, she played so well. I mean, she easily could have been in Pliskova. And I just figured, you know, she's going to be pretty much back to normal. But yeah, I mean, she was so sloppy with her footwork. She had that, uh, like, the reactions on return. Besides the great serving of Garcia. Because I'm not saying that generally she wouldn't hit 13 aces against anyone today. Like, it's, it's very possible that whoever was on the other high, side of the net, Garcia still finds double-digit aces. I'm just saying that sometimes the reactions from Osaka, especially on the ones that she did get uh, a racket on, were uh, pretty horrific. But, yeah, I mean, it's just rust. It's fine, of course. She's going to get better with playtime. Garcia, for the most part, did play a very good match. Of course, it's her first two-setter as well of the year. Finally, she wins in straights. Okay. And um, and yeah, uh, she will probably get to the forefront now. I mean, this was this was a bit of a match where we were like, just okay. So the the woman that wins this, very likely to go deep. Yeah, right. And I think the fourth round would be potentially Coco Goff. Of course, a couple of matches for yeah. both players before then, but um, that would be an interesting clash of styles. And if she's serving as well as she was today, and as well as she can serve, then she can beat Coco. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Coco has that tougher third round potentially with Fernandez and also now a tougher fourth round with Garcia. I think she is actually quite likely to exit the tournament as one of these. That's a tough run for Coco. She's got, um, got yeah. Fernandez potentially third round, Garcia fourth, and then whoever she plays in the quarters. I'm not sure who her quarterfinal opponent would be. But um, yeah, um, any other sort of takes in terms of uh, Osaka? Um, uh, I mean, she did have chances, but she didn't get a single break point. So I say chances. She had chances in rallies and dumping backhands into the net was something I remember seeing a few times. Um, but the serving from Garcia was just too good. Yeah, for the most part, I mean, we were sort of expecting the serve return game to be an advantage for Osaka, and it clearly wasn't. She was actually the one who was like in, in brief trouble, of course, just in the first set, literally, but... Uh, well, it was enough for her to drop the opener. And yeah, the, the the main advantage that she was supposed to have in this matchup, it actually went Garcia's favor. So, uh, you know, it's not it's not surprising then if, if that was sort of the dynamic there, that uh, it's Caro who emerges as the winner. Okay, uh, let's look at some of the other matches on the uh, women's side. We'll come to the men's side second, um, as we've started with women. Uh, Pavlyuchenkova straight sets over Donna Vekic. I saw the last four or five games of this. It was one of those that um, that Pavlyuchenkova basically snatched it at the end of the second set as Vekic was serving to stay in the match. I think it's a match that both of us thought, given the form of the two players, would go the way of the Russian. Yeah, the informed player, there's, there is definitely Pavlyuchenkova. She has a good shot at the run as well. Perhaps the second round against Badosa can get tricky. I mean, I know Badosa, like last year, she was kind of destroyed by the injuries. Didn't she play like one slam only or something like that? Or like retired? Is that all? Know? Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, maybe she played one and then retired at the other, at the, one of the others. She but... played Wimbledon. Um... And she retired to, to Kostyuk, I think, or, or someone like that. Yeah. But I... I think she might so, have skipped all the other slams, actually. Okay. Yeah, because of because of injuries. So I think that might have been her only 
at her new slam last year but there, there were moments when she was playing like top 10 tennis um especially around the clay season and that that's why it was so brutal that uh, she had to withdraw from the french open as well so um yeah i would say that uh, badosa is a threat we don't really know how much of a threat yet because he's, she's just coming back but uh, for any of these like in the in the third round it will be anisimova or podoroska so i think pavlichenko has an excellent shot of making it pretty deep the main question would then become can she beat samalenka which uh, i mean i guess she's one of the um well I don't want to say that one of the worst matchups that, that Arena has on the tour because it's not a bad matchup or anything. But like, if if there are a few players who you would be naming, like who can beat Sabalenka, I guess Pavlyuchenkova would be somewhere in the mix. Okay. Um, so yeah, just regarding Badosa, um, something of course she won in straight sets over. Uh, in fact, she barely lost a game, I think, to Taylor Townsend. Uh, I am sharing the scores on the screen for now, as well as um, uh, talking about uh, the matches gone by. But yeah, I think she was at 6-1, 6-1 or 6-love, 6-1. 6-1, 6-3. 6-1, 6-3, okay. Uh, which is a fairly humbling defeat, but we'll come to other humbling defeats uh, shortly. Um, well, I, I guess we'll come to one immediately. Um, Von Drusova, uh, her wretched form post New York continues. I remember thinking post Wimbledon, I think this was a, a thought shared by quite a few that she would probably back up her Wimbledon win with some solid runs. And that's exactly what she did until New York. But since New York, she's won one match. Yeah. Then again, I mean, if you look at who she was playing, right, I guess just the one loss to Kalinina, but then she plays the WTA finals. She loses three times, but she's playing, of course, fellow top eight opponents. Yeah. And uh, at DB Legion King Cup, she lost to Fernandez, who is like one of the most informed players at the moment. So I, I don't think there was anything to suggest that she will be losing 6-1-6-2 to Diana Jastremska. But yeah. her losing before the second week, you know, early on, definitely not a big thing right, right now. I mean, probably the weakest of the top eight seeds. At the moment, although with Jaber, it's kind of just uncertain because she, well, we didn't know anything about Jaber's form. I guess the second round will tell us a lot, but uh, but Jaber and Von Rochev are definitely the two of the eight, top eight seeds who like didn't have anything going for them really before this Australian Open. Yeah, right. Uh, had admire as well, who's had a bit of a patchy form as well. She goes through in three sets, but she did have a bit of a. Scare. I don't really understand what you what you were saying about had admire's patchy form. I mean, she literally won the WTA Elite Trophy in November, you know. Yeah, but I I probably I'm thinking then about United Cup. But United Cup, she was also fine at. I mean, she lost to Świątek. Everyone loses to Świątek. Yeah, maybe there's something else I've got in my mind then about Thank her you. form. Then I, yeah. I just remember thinking that she's not. I don't remember uh, thinking that she was going to do anything big in Australia. But maybe there was something else. I, I don't know. Maybe um, I've got her confused with someone else. Anyway, I, mean, I think she can lose to Kornieva easily in the second round. But the the the, the thing is that um, yeah, the patchy form. I don't really buy it. Did she only lose one match at United Cup then? Yeah, she beat Saribe Stormo, she lost to Świątek, and then she lost to Pavlyuchenkova in um, one of the warm-ups. So ah, nothing, that's, that's probably nothing, the additional nothing one crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jabir winning in straight sets, but as you said, probably doesn't tell us too much, but she will. we will find out a lot more from her in the second round uh, because she is playing Andreva, right? Yes, such exciting matchups for all the 16-year-olds. Fruhvirtova against Sabalenka, the unwinnable one. 
But Andriev over Jabé and Korniev over Hadatmaya, both of these look very, very real for uh, for the 16-year-olds. And of course, Andriev actually emerged last year with a win over Hadatmaya in Madrid. So Korniev doing the same would be pretty funny. And Andriev Jabé, I mean, sounds like a very simple matchup. Like, so- sounds like something that Andreeva can really pull off. And I don't know. She, last year, I think she said in Madrid that um, her game sort of is like on. I, I don't really see it. <laughs> I don't know what she was going for. But um, yeah, it, it seems like she has a 50% chance of winning the match or, or thereabouts, you know. Kornieva yeah. pre- probably slightly less against Hadat Maya, but Shaber Andrieva should be really, really tight. And I, I, I kind of believe in Kornieva as well, although I know that that's a little bolder. Flovitova um, against Sabalenka, it, you'd really think it's zero yeah, chance. Yeah, like literally zero. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I just don't see how she beats her. Of course, it's possible if, if like Arena has a horrible day at the office. It's probably a better matchup for Brenda than uh, Goff was in Auckland, just because she won't be able to, like, she won't have to generate a lot herself. She will just be sort of taking the uh, Sabalenka shots and, you know, using that consistency of hers that has brought her like 50, 90 F titles in the past two years. But but no, like in the long run, I don't really see how she beats her unless Arena has like a horrible day, which doesn't really happen to her anymore, it seems. Um, for the most part, you know, she's been a lot more consistent the last year or so. Dominic team is up a break in the fourth set on uh, Felix. Um, three and a half hours, it looks like, on the clock there already. So that could be epic. Um, uh, Masarova winning in straight sets. Can't tell you much about that. Uh, Tatiana Maria as well through uh, in, in a tight three-setter. Uh, I forget who the winner of that match is playing. Uh, I feel as though it's someone significant. Um, Tatiana Maria Sorano. Jasmine Paulini. So oh, okay. Yeah, so. Paulini, of course. I thought that was a potential banana skin for her against Schneider as well. Uh, somebody else that I'm, I'm going to uh, say that's had patchy form in, in recent weeks is Paulini. Um, again, it's off the top of my head rather than yeah, something. Like again, I, I, again, I wouldn't really agree. Like She's still very much playing the best tennis of her life. Depends on the expectations because in a way, I mean, maybe losing to like Bookside Adelaide can be uh, regarded as right. patchy form. The book, I mean, you don't expect that. Like it can be regarded as patchy form, but like we're talking of Jasmine Paulini, you know, she she's still playing the tennis of her life. Yeah, but I'd expect her to be Buxa. Yeah, but and she's she not going to be winning it. every match where she's the favorite, right? I mean, yeah. we are not talking she about Igor Fiontek or Sabalenka. Well. So I think relative really to the expectations, changing. Paulini is still in very fine form. Uh, yeah. Um, Kostyuk, uh, through in three sets as well. Um, what else have we missed on the women's side? Oh, your compatriot, uh, Fresh overcoming Savile in, in three tight French. sets. Fresh. Fresh. Whatever. No, not whatever. Fresh. Uh, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, Daria Savi, that's actually a bit of a surprise, I guess, but you know, it's Magda Fresh. You're never really going to get too excited by her. Um, and once she runs into like the first opponent who will have enough power to blow her off the court, she might be in a bit of trouble. And I, I think, in fact, that opponent is coming in someone you just watched in Karun Garcia. So, ah, okay. Uh, that's I, I guess, you know, Car- Garcia can hit herself off the court, I suppose. So, there is that's like cool. a brief chance, um, 5% opportunity for Frank there. Yeah. But if Garcia is solid like she was today, uh, I see her progressing 
Maybe Kudometova losing is that the shock of of the day on the women's side? Uh, I wouldn't really say so. Has are we really at a stage where we can call Kudermetova losing in an in an early stage of the slam a shock? Golubic did pick up some decent form at the end of last year as well. On a, um, I think it was Rouen in October at WTK 125 that she won, and also Shrewsbury, the, um, the ITF in uh, Great Britain. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that, but still, Kudermetova. I don't think she's really at like this sort of a position where we can really call her losing a shock fair enough and uh, Maya Sharif retiring against uh, Elise Mertens uh, solid Elise uh, progresses uh, into the second round and I'm just showing some of the scores on the screens but that's basically in terms of the women what I saw uh, in terms of I saw Garcia Osaka from start to finish and I also saw um, uh, Von Drusova's uh, very painful loss. Uh, all the other matches for me, I'm afraid, are patchy, much like my sleep patterns. Any final thoughts before we switch over to the men? Mm, I'm just looking at the slate that we had. But yeah, probably nothing crazy, really. Um, of course, uh, maybe a brief shout out to Arantxa Rus, who finally broke that grandson losing streak. I think she was on like 12 or 13 by now. Uh, she okay. actually wins a match, although when I see uh, a 6 1 6 love win over Kalinina on a hard court, that kind of tells me that probably uh, Kalinina wasn't too uh, healthy. But at the same time, you know, we are, we are talking about it on some stream. I don't know if it was with Vansh or whoever, or maybe it was with you, that if you want to draw a seed right now at the, uh, at the Australian Open, one of them is Kalinina for sure. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, that's good that she's ended that losing run. Okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, over to the men, and I can give you some live score updates. Dominic team uh, has held and consolidated his break. So, at the moment, in the fourth set, uh, he's leading to love. And, in fact, he's even got love 15. Uh, on the Felix serve. Um, and what about Struffy? Uh, he must be close to the end. Well, it's 5 4 now. Oh, so but is, is, um, Hijikata is lost Hijikata break. serving for it? No. Is Hijikata serving for it? It's the other way around. It's Hijikata serving to stay in it. Oh, okay. So he was a breakdown. He's got the break back. Yes. Ah, okay. Nice, nice one, Stroffy. Um, I might just share that score on the screen. Okay, over to the men. I've got it in the title, and I'm sure you'll be very pleased to know that we're going to start on the men's side with Andy Murray. Um, humbled? Humiliated? Is that too strong? A little bit. I mean, winning just eight games, um, not really giving Echeverry that sort of a physical workout that he gave him in Basel. I didn't really believe in Murray winning this much, like whatsoever, but that was mostly because Echeverry has such a wonderful record in matches that go over four hours. I think he hasn't lost one yet in like four or five. And 
yeah, after what we saw in Basel, it was just hard to see Murray outlasting him. But of course, it never really got to that. Uh, it's it's not a horrific loss in any way. I mean, Echeverri has definitely improved on hard courts considerably the past couple of years. There's no reason why his forehand shouldn't be a threat. There's no reason why with that sort of a, you know, build and the height, he his serve shouldn't be more of a threat than it is. And he has been also like tapping into that potential a little bit more. But um, yeah, 6-4, 6-2, It's kind of like, if, if you think about it, Mare pretty much has like what what does he really have on his ranking he has the doha final which is dropping soon and otherwise it's mostly the challenger results right he won three challengers last year three big challengers and that's already 425 points i think plus mm-hmm. the 150 from doha so uh basically like he is very reliant on a few big results right now he has 970 at the moment you drop the doha final and he's at 820 so about 66 in the rankings. And if you drop all the challenger points, which I don't know what he's going to play. I mean, I'm assuming that he, again, is going to play the grass in, in the UK because, well, that's what he's been doing the last couple of years. I don't know if, about the clay 175s. But if you drop all of that from his ranking, if you just assume that it's you know not there for some reason, his, rank, his 400 ranking points would be like 150 in the rankings. And yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that on the main tour, he hasn't been winning. I don't want to say he hasn't been holding up because he has been involved in so many of these dramatic clashes that Murray, of course, brings you every single time, which, uh, of course, two of these were against the Minor, for example, one of them, even the one against Echeverri. So it's not like he's been outplayed most of, most of the time. This is probably one of his harshest losses, along with the ones to the Minor from earlier in the season last year, the, the ones on clay and on grass. But um, yeah, I mean, it does kind of tell you that he is not exactly as much a top 50 player as maybe you would think, you know, given his ranking and like where we still position him in our like view of the tennis landscape. But, but yeah, without the challengers last year, he kind of would have been toast by now. And it's another a grand slam that slips by without making the second week. But I don't think many of us thought he, he would make it that far, particularly as uh, Novak Djokovic in the first, third round, yeah, like, that was still the absolute max for Murray. I, I do think that even getting through Echeverri and Monfils, that would be a massive achievement at this stage. Yeah, um, it does have last year on tour vibes, though. I, I think because, because it's starting to definitely. Because I don't think at the end of 2023 we were going to say that, but. Um... It, star- no. it started like this. It started like a last year on tour. Yes. Two matches, two losses. Uh, who did he lose to in Brisbane? I, I mean, think it was Dimitrov. And again, he was really close to the win. So we cannot really say that he hasn't been holding up, right? But he's just not winning. He's, he's not winning. He's straight up not winning the matches. Lots and lots of losses, yes. Demon Noor as well. And, and of course, he missed the Davis Cup through injury. Uh, Vavrinka then. Let's uh, switch to another uh, senior member of the tour. Uh, he went five sets with uh, Manorino today. Um, probably when it went to the fifth set, it was like, ah, okay, well, we are now at that point that uh, I feel as though I've watched a few matches with with Vavrinka that went deep to third sets either or, or five sets over a best of five. And I just feel as though he keeps losing them, but that could be a feeling rather than a, uh, um, a fact. Pavrinka is constantly losing in five sets recently. Like he's constantly yeah. going five, even if he doesn't really need to, even if he has the advantage at the slams. 
the past couple of uh, the past couple. Well, maybe not the U.S. Open, but um, at Roland Garros, of course, he had a couple of five setters when he was like barely alive at the end of the second one against Kokinakis. Last year at the Australian Open, he goes up two sets to one on Alex Molchan and loses that one from like match point up, I think even. And yeah, it's been happening to him all the time. And of course, at this age, um, at this stage of his career, he cannot really afford it anymore. No, uh, but again, that that loss feels very different um, compared to um, compared to Andy Morris. I mean, Manorino is a quite a, a better quiet... opponent, I guess. But yeah, like at least marginally better. But at the same time, he just competed with him. I mean, he was the better player for like a set and a half at least. So sure, yeah. So we'll see. And um, yeah, there may be one more. Swan song, particularly on the clay, I feel for, for Stan. Um, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, okay, uh, other results of note. Uh, he checks notes. Uh, let's go with Ben Shelton winning in straight sets over Roberto Bautista. A good, uh, I didn't see any of this match, but I will say this that the the scoreline looks good and things are looking good for Ben. They may not look good when he eventually runs into Novak in round four, but um, that's a very professional, comprehensive uh, result compared to obviously his tender age. Mm, yeah, I mean, he was definitely a lot more patient with his returning than in um, in Auckland. So that's fine. Probably yet to see if there's going to be like more Grand Slam magic coming up just because there was really no need, no need to pull it out. It was too, it was too easy for like the, you know, the charisma, the energy to really show up. But um, still, yeah, I mean, he has Manarino in the third round, which is a, is a big deal. If he can get through that, I guess this is a performance that sort of revives our sort of perception of the fact that maybe he can have a shot at Djokovic. I'm not saying a shot that's, any like over 5% or something like that, but simply a shot that's not close to zero, which basically is what we're sort of wanting to see. Just a player who will push Novak and not sort of allow him through to the next round with without any real hustle and without a good match. And I think Shelton, okay. if he's playing a little smarter than than, than in, in Auckland, he can certainly deliver on that. And we'll see. This was This was definitely a performance that sort of makes you believe again that he can have just a small degree of a shot. But Manarino first is going to be, if they play in the third round, is going to be pretty tricky. My internet's a bit sketchy at the moment, it seems. I guess John wasn't lying because he has now frozen. He is now frozen. He has disappeared, I suppose. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about some other results then. Uh, in the meantime, what else did we have today on the on the men's side? Uh, I guess Korda almost losing to Kopchiva would have been a big story, but in the end, it's kind of not. Uh, then again, you know, it's not a good sign for him going forwards in this event for sure. Uh, he plays Quentin Alice in the second round, which does look like a very tricky draw given how good Alice was against Harris and also his overall it's a very imposing big hitting style. Uh, Korda went up to sets to love, then went down love two in the decider, winning the last next six games, which really would have been a new low, honestly. Losing to Kopshiva on hard courts from two sets to love up, it would have been pretty horrific. And John is back. Sorry, yeah, internet issues 
Um, what were you? Uh, I'm glad you kept going anyway. Uh, what were I you covered Corda basically. I, I I said it all. I think about Corda, okay. so you can just move on to whatever is next on your list. Cool. Uh, Struff and Hijikata are into a deciding set tiebreak. Um, so that'll be something we'll need to keep our eyes across. Team is looking to consolidate uh, and make it a 3-1 lead. Um, oh, I didn't realize that Ryanich had retired against uh, Demonor. I wonder why that match finished so quickly. Yes, indeed. He was just in no shape to play, which was kind of already visible maybe even in the first set <laughs> but eventually he I mean, did give a, a bit of a fight and just wasn't maybe enough. it's again he's another one in this category of last year on tour uh yeah absolutely like milos and ke uh, they're always going to be a question mark whether we still see them again because yeah they, they just cannot keep cannot get their bodies right and they haven't done that in the past five years or so so I think every single season we are entering into a potential Milos Raonic last year. In fact, if Milos Raonic never showed up in 2023 and never played in 2024 as well, that also wouldn't be surprising. Like a lot of us still considered him, like already we're already considering him practically retired. So, I, I it may be the the sort of most romantic way out, but sort of full steam ahead for the grass court season and. Try and pick up some wins there, followed by a uh, a goodbye in Toronto or Montreal. Toronto and Montreal would be the best, but then again, if you're playing Toronto Montreal, why wouldn't you then play the US, US Open nearby? If, if you if you can, if you can, because that would. But also if it, be yeah, Montreal. if physically it's it's. I mean, just I, I'm also saying about like actually entering the US Open. That that also is a problem by then. By then, well, because indeed, his protected yes. ranking is out. Uh, his actual ranking isn't high enough. And well, maybe it will be high enough by that point, but who knows? But yeah, it, it could be an issue about getting into the US Open. So in that case, of course, then that dilemma is is just moot and he actually just should retire in Montreal, Toronto, if that's indeed the year when Milos Raonic chooses to retire. Drafi has raced into a 3-0 lead. Um, so good news for the German there. Um, okay, so Demonor does go through, although he did lose uh, a set uh, in that uh, encounter. Um, let's scroll down on my screen for some other results. Um, oh, you did to quarter. Uh, hmm. John seems to be frozen again. Um, so, um, yeah, he said that I did Corda. I will pull up some, we'll pull up the results again and we'll talk about some other match in the meantime while he's out. Kobori beating Jari is that big news? Sort of. I mean, Kobori definitely seems to have made like a massive hardcore jump the past couple of months. Uh, Jari was serving for the set in the fifth set. There was some incredible atmosphere, lots of Italian fans, lots of Chilean fans, and Kobori ends up taking 7 5. And I see that John is already back as well. <laughs> it might be a recurring theme. So I'm glad you filled in there with Jarry. Yeah. And of course, did you mention the, the ball pocket thing happening? Oh, I didn't. No, 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 no. Not yet. So 30 love up serving to stay in the match, I think it was. No, uh, no, when... that was actually in the, in the third set. So, so that oh, was in the third? I thought it happened in, in the dis, dis deciding set game. That's, that's what someone said on Twitter. I don't know. I, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. So, it, it, um, so maybe, maybe they just maybe they just mistakenly said fifth set. 
Uh, so but I did see someone else mentioning in the live chat as well. But, but that might ah, okay. Then then it was probably just just mistakenly in that tweet. I think it was was it Tumaini who said it. I, I, we are reading that like five hours ago, or maybe even yeah. more. Yeah, like eight on the bad extreme. Let me get back to yeah. that that tweet, and I will tell you. He says third yeah. set, but I guess it must have been fifth. I guess it's his error. Yeah, I. Th- no one says it in no one says it in the chat uh, no, in the chat in the comments there like he says that was no but okay b- based on the scoreboard wait it doesn't make sense because he says Jari was up five three yeah it is fifth set he he just said third um, by mistake play, yeah. so it, it is fifth set yeah uh, sorry I was basing this on the on the tweet from him and as no one said anything in the chat I was like well the chat again I'm saying in the chat in the comment section. I actually figured uh, that maybe he was right. But no, no, indeed, it doesn't make sense. So it was the fifth set. He uh, gets point penalty for dropping the ball out of his pocket for the second time in the match. First time you do it, it's just a warning. First time you do it, it's fine. Of course, not on purpose. He didn't do it Hugo Gaston style. But he actually did it, of course, by mistake. And he ended up losing the next three points. Do we have John now? Not really, again. So, um, yeah, let me talk about something else then. Terence Atmane won a set against Daniel Medvedev. That was um, a decent surprise, I think, especially the style in which it happened because Medvedev was 5-4 up and serving and played like two of the worst service games I've ever seen from him. Literally, they, every single ground stroke he would miss. You know, plus one shot, two three meters out, which, um, well, I didn't really think it bodes... I don't really think it bodes like poorly uh, when it comes to his chances to win the event or like to go deep it's just the first match first match of the season as well for Daniel let's let's remember that he didn't play a warm-up so I think this could be um, a bit of an explanation if you may but at the same time it always felt like he was in control just because Atmane never did anything to actually capture that set right I'm not saying he didn't play okay I think he he gave a decent showing on the big stage until he was forced to retire due to the cramping but um, yeah it could have been it could have been better from from uh, from uh, Medvedev, of course, but still, it felt like the match is in control. So I don't think it it was really that big a deal that he dropped that first set, even in the manner that he did it uh, in. What else was was huge? Um, we of course did the live watch along of Zizou Bergs and Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, which uh, was a pretty cool match for a set. Then it turns out turned out that even with the conditions, the weather in Melbourne being cooler than in the final qualifying round, Bergs was still not going to hold up physically. He did make it like briefly a bit of a match in the fourth set, but you know Stefanos, to his credit, uh, he just did exactly what was expected of him in that particular match on that particular occasion. Like it wasn't a performance that is going to tell us, yes, Tsitsipas is ready to play Novak here in the quarters or like go deep mm-hmm. and, and yeah, reach the forefront of the quarters. It was just a performance where exactly what he needed to do in that in that match, he delivered on it. And um, yeah, for Zizou, of course, it's a shame that after the opening set, he just wasn't able to compete on the same level of intensity anymore. Medvedev. Uh, funny match that he had today, um, losing the first set. I think you said he was serving for it before sort of yeah, having... I, I already covered it while you were gone, actually. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's through. That's good. Thanks for, for covering as well. Um, what about Poprin Polmans? Have you mentioned that one? No, no I only did Medvedev and uh, Berg's Tsitsipas, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I heard you cover Berg's and I think you covered it comprehensibly. Uh, Pop, Poprin through in straight sets. Is he playing Novak in the next round? Yes, he is. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I could take a set. I mean, yeah, it's it's a question of of course, of course the guy has big weapons, but how do you win three sets against Novak? If especially if you're like a bit of a linear hitter, you also don't have a backhand. So how how are you gonna do it? And uh, the answer is probably you you can't. But if you just fire up for a set or two, of course, yeah, it is possible. If Novak has that dip that he had against Prismich, maybe, but I don't think Popperin is gonna force him into a situation like this, right? It's just not going to be as physical for for Djokovic as that uh, Dino Prismich match was. Two players to come through in four sets after losing the first: uh, Emil Rusevori and also uh, Karen Hachinov. Actually, I wasn't even aware that Kachinov had gone through. I knew he'd lost the first set, and I thought, okay, that's interesting against my Altmaier. But then he did end up prevailing. So, of course, he's got a lot of points to defend after making the semifinals last year. And as I say, Rusevori also emerging in four tight sets. There were a couple of five-setters I'm now just scrolling across. Jordan Thompson emerging in the All-Australian Clash uh, in five sets over Vukic. Uh, does it surprise you that Vukic managed to push Jordan that much? Yeah, if anything is surprising in that score in that scoreline, then yeah, that that Vukic managed to take two sets. But yeah, the other um, the other five setter we should probably talk about, yeah, um, Kovacevic Tabilo, because that likely means that Alex is now secured has now secured his top one hundred debut. It's pretty tricky to count it because the new rankings, of course, will be after the Australian Open, so there's still a lot of chance for people to grab points here or for someone to make up in, in the challengers in the second week or in the first week even, although that would be pretty tricky since no one around these ranking ranges is playing them in the first week, in the second week, yes. Uh, but um, yeah, he is now 81st in the live rankings and I, I do think that it would take like a ridiculous, uh, you know, ridiculously improbable scenario for him not to get it. So I think we can sort of officially say it. He liked my tweet about it, so I think he's also ready to officially say it that uh, he will be uh, breaking the top 100 finally. And that was a bit of a saga, of course. Last year around Miami, he was in this weird situation where he was at number 100 in the live rankings. And whether he breaks it or not would only depend on uh, one result, but not even in the event that he was playing. In an event in the on the other side of the world, it was, I think, Luka Vanash against Alexander Shevchenko in the Sanremo uh, challenger. Uh, Vanash ended up winning the match and he broke the top 100 instead of Kovacevic. And then also Kovacevic didn't win a match for three months. So, um, yeah, it required some huge results along the way to get there. He's also dropping two challenger titles soon. So it was a bit of a race uh, against the clock as well. I'm not saying he won't be back there. And, of course, in the summer, as I said, three, three matches without a win. So he's going to have a lot of chances to um, gain uh, some of these points that he lost there. But uh, certainly it, was a, it took a bit longer than it, it had to. But eventually it seems like this is it. And he with that win over Tabilo, which honestly was just another display of how much he's grown as like a match player as well, in that now he's able to adjust uh, over time. Like he's not that same guy who just emerged and had decent weapons and was pretty flashy, but right now he actually can also play a match and like adjust tactically to the opponent and what's, re what's required of him in a particular match. He's winning a ton of um, matches recently with like, uh, sort of slowing it down a bit and slicing his back in a lot more, just waiting out the opponent. I think that's exactly what he did against Tabilo. Over time, the one-handed backcountry turn also gets like more used to 
the uh, opponent's serve, even if sometimes at the beginning of the match it can look just disastrous. And uh, yeah, he's actually won so many titles and, and matches like this recently. So it's a bit of a new style for him right now already because yeah, it's it's been just very prevalent in his in his tennis recently. There's a pigeon on the court in the Hijikata Struff fifth set tiebreak, just when Jan Lennart Struff is about to serve uh, for his first match point. So that's pretty hilarious. And John is gone again. Uh, Miller Grenier must have been the least exciting five setter with a tiebreak of all time. Yeah, Keen. Like the, the there's uh, Jari Koboli today. There's Hijikata Struff, which is great. And, oh, that's a horrific miss from Struff on the first match point as well. He had a volley on top of the net, serving volleying, and he misses it. So Rinki will have to save another one, second match point. And uh, basically, uh, yeah, that one was amazing. Hijikata Struff is fantastic, but Miller Grenier, I don't think it really deserves a mention. <laughs> I'm sorry to Ugo and Alexander, but yeah. Uh, I, I do think that this is a match that no one really got excited by. Hugo Grenier, um, random run, like absolutely random, but it keeps going, you know. And if he's if he's gonna play Daniel in the third round, for example, he actually has a pretty tricky uh, matchup for Medvedev, I think, given that he's also like a big serve grinder and in a way plays a little bit like Medvedev. I, I'm not saying he would win, but I'm saying it would be like a bit of a mess, I think, for for the Russian uh, second round. I think Grenier has something manageable. I don't remember what it is right now. But Struff wins anyway. Uh, he fires a pretty deep return at Hijikata's feet and Rinki throws out the plus one backhand. So it is 10-8 Jan Lennart Struff eventually. Uh, the, uh, day, the, the, the play for the day has not ended yet because, of course, we still have Dominic Team up a break in the fourth set against Felix Ojaliasim. This might be going this might be going five. But indeed, uh, Struff eventually takes the match. Is John back? I think he is just getting back. Yeah, well, let's see if we can just see this out for the last couple of minutes before the internet goes again. Um, Keen asking, is he too naive to think team will collapse physically in the fifth set and Felix will just uh, go up below? But isn't that the opposite of being naive? I think that's the uh, that's the wise take, I would suggest. That's the wise take, that team will collapse physically? I mean, Felix can also collapse physically. <laughs> yeah, They're both kind of out of much rhythm, so... Yep. Okay, cool. Um, I don't think there's anything else that we need to cover. I just wanted to get Struff uh, Hijikata to the end because we're not going to stay to the end of um, uh, Felix's uh, team. Um, there was any, was there another five settle? You may well have covered it in my absence, by the way. Which one are you talking about? Um, there was a five setter, but you might have done it. Uh, we had Vukic, Thompson, uh, Tabilo. Did you do that one? I think you yeah, just started. I, I had a long rant about Kovacevic. Uh, well, rant, not a rant, but I had a long uh, opinion uh, essay on Kovacevic and his improvements and how he's grown as a match player and also whether whether we can officially call him a top 100 player now because it's like pretty tricky to count. But yeah, I've done it all. Whoops, and I guess John is out again. Uh, yeah, so what else? Uh, Nuno Borges beat Ma Maximilian Marterer in three sets. I think that's a minor surprise. Marterer, of course, such strong form towards the end of last year, basically peaking, like, almost as good, I think, or maybe maybe actually better than when he was 45th in the world, but did it on, like, kind of a couple of random runs. 
but yeah, he actually gets beaten by Nuno Borges. I, I barely watched it. I guess Nuno played a pretty solid match, but it's it's a bit of a shame for Marta to lose that momentum that he had at the end of at the tail end of 2023. Of course, at the United Cup, he was part of the winning team, but he never actually played. Hello, John. Hi again, yeah. All right, cool. I don't know why Akeen is suggesting that, that Muller and Grenier was... Uh, uh, no, no, um, he, he's he's perfectly right. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, I I didn't say any of the match, but um, but maybe he knows something. If, if you knew that, if you knew don't. the if you knew the players better, then you would agree. <laughs> but that's what I'm that's what I'm going to tell you. I really thought Constant would have won at least a set versus ADF. Says Keen. I honestly kind of didn't uh, because Davidovich Vokina seems like a pretty strong contender for me here to go to the third round and trouble Dimitrov. Listian also to me like his last year kind of showed where he is right now. Yeah, I got too, it. Too I got good it. for the. All right, listen. Uh, uh, I think it's probably time to bring this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, it's gonna be even hard for John to finish off this stream, I guess. Right now, it's a bit of a mess, which is uh, which is weird because of course he did the commentary on Osaka earlier and it was everything was fine. He also did the commentary with me on Zizou Berg's and everything was uh, flying. So um, it's only right now that we have some issues. Oh, I do still have some sound on from him, it seems, uh, but his camera and his voice aren't coming through. Anything else on the on the men's? Uh, Chris Eubanks beating Taro Daniel in three sets. So we have another one of these like, you know, post uh, big run at the warm-up event uh, crashes for Taro. I also think that Eubanks's forehand likes these courts quite a lot. Um, they sort of favor his flutter hitting, but at the same time, there's the heavy ball. And uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good combination for Chris. Probably one of the best on the tour. <laughs> are you biased with Zizu because you are best with his dad? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, his dad is, is, is not necessarily, you know, I'm not, uh, he's like besties with the whole tennis Twitter, I guess. Zizo is a player I met personally as well, so like probably that's maybe more reason for a bit of bias on my side. But that bit of bias is like just wishing him well, right? Rather than um, I don't know anything crazy, you know. I I feel like I'm still pretty realistic when it comes to his prospects, and I try to be uh, on Twitter as well, even though he or his dad might see it, and actually they are very likely to see it uh, since they both follow me. But um, yeah, I, I I don't hold back. I, I, I am still, I think, pretty realistic about his uh, possibilities in the future and like how for now he's a bit of a fringe top 100 player to me. Of course, he still hasn't gotten there, but I think this year he is very likely to. So the Berg's account is his father then? the one. Yes, I, I, I said it on the uh, on the chat when you were doing the Garcia um, Osaka match, but you, you probably okay. missed it. But yeah, Coenberg's is his dad, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, let's let's take advantage of this uh, 60 seconds of internet that I have and uh, bring this episode to a close. Uh, we'll have live watch-longs, of course, coming up in the next 24 hours. I know I've got eager against um, Kenan, uh, among others. Well, that's, that's the one we've definitely got penciled in, and there may be more. Uh, thanks, Damien. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to click end just because my, my electric meter for the uh, internet is uh, ticking over. Uh, in old school terms. Thanks very much, and we'll speak to each other very, very soon. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe 
and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.